sorry for the delay, but sometimes it's okay to take a break and mind your own business. Hey guys, it's your girl Fancy Patrice and we are back with another episode of Crown. Y'all only know what number we on. Is this 12, 11, 13? Baby, I don't know, but I'm ready to start the show. This is the place to wear your crown. Come on, y'all, let's turn up the sound. Uh, if it's slide and put it on back, yeah, that's right, put it on track. This is the crown podcast. Hello, T family, thank you for tuning in. It feels so good to be back with you guys and hanging out today. So I hope y'all have gotten all the self-care. Y'all been meditating. Y'all been drinking y'all water, praying, and all the above. Because y'all know Crown is a place where we can come talk about all our bullshit and everything going on in this chaotic world. It's a place where we encourage change within ourselves. And it's an outlet for all millennials to be the best versions of themselves no matter where you are. And that could be in the trenches. You living your best life, sis. Bro, I got you. We are a community that uplifts, motivates, and inspires. So wherever you are listening on the job, in the car, your speakers, or at home, I just really appreciate you for taking the time to get your crown aligned. So let's kick it off with Fancy Thoughts. (laughs) So a lot has happened since the last time we talked, y'all. And I do want to take it back a little bit because these are things that are affecting our community. I'm going to start off a little light. Let's talk about the B2K concert or the Millennium Tour that a lot of us were excited about. I know I was pressed. I've talked about that before. I was one of those girls who bought all the Word Up magazines and plastered my room. My member of B2K was Lil Fizz. I love me some Lil Fizz. He could never do no wrong. But the concert in itself was just very enjoyable from top to bottom. I was late for Chingy per usual, so I missed him. However, I'm sure he performed his four or five songs beautifully, and everybody was lit because the concert. I mean, I don't even remember sitting down. That's how turned up I was. And we really relived a lot of good childhood memories. So Bobby Valentino came out. He did his set. Loved it. Lloyd came out. I was expecting him to bring somebody out. Like he did a Shanti that one show, Ja Rule and all that. No, we didn't get that. However, he had a good set. Yin Yang Twins was rocking. Ah, ah, ah. It's like I knew they had some hits, but I haven't heard them in a while. So they really had the crowd. And then their personality, they was crawling and shit. They was just doing a good job of keeping us entertained. (laughs) Now, Pretty Ricky, they should have headlined the show. Everything they did from the dance moves to coming out with high energy, they sold that show. I know I was 13. Singing right along to all they nasty lyrics. Age ain't nothing but a number. Grind on me. Don't even know what's going on talking about grind on me. (laughs) But now I'm of age. They nasty and I like it. So, Pretty Ricky, y'all need to come out with a tour. Y'all, they took control of the crowd. They just was very personable, telling people to sing along. I thoroughly enjoyed Pretty Ricky. Now, Mario, he brought people on stage with him. And it's a viral video of a young lady who killed it, okay? She took her moment and she used it. 
Sis, that is how you do it. Can we get a round of applause? Sis, I loved it. I mean, the eye contact. Y'all, she was rolling and flipping it with somebody else on stage. She didn't even pay her any mind. Now, at my show, I went to the D.C. show. My girl was just holding his coat and sat down while he sang. It was cute, but I definitely would have took that moment. So, yes, and kudos to the queen who was rocking it on Mario. (laughs) Uh, Mario was a headliner, and also B2K was a headliner of this tour. So I was holding my breath the entire time while they were on tour because it just felt like something was always happening. So let me give a little background, especially since this story has resurfaced. And Wucha, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm going to try to get through it. Rasby's cousin, uncle, uncle cousin, was their manager in their earlier days as B2K. When they initially broke up, Rasby came out on the internet and made some videos and made accusations that this manager, Chris Stokes, had molested them. This is all allegedly. And it kind of just started this feud amongst the group members. And they just did not like each other. Rasby moved to China. Everybody did their own thing. Omarion did loving hip-hop. Fizz did loving hip-hop. I think Jay Boog was just loving on his kids, living his best life. <laughs> As they all were. You know, just doing separate things. So the tour kind of brought them back together. It's been a long time. It's been 15 years they kept saying that. Which, it's been time to heal but you can tell that that has not happened because I want to say the second or third show, Rasby came up and he said he felt like Chris Stokes was back around him. He could just feel his energy. He was leaving the show. He wanted Marion to come talk to him. And it just really put a damper I felt like on the morale of the group because they did like a damage control video later and you can just kind of tell how everybody was like, we back on that same stuff. You know, we trying to move forward. Why aren't you, why are you still on this? But when you really go through trauma and you don't take the proper steps to heal, it's going to continue the same cycle. It's a trauma bond. Staying in the same destructive environment where you were broken and not fixing anything. You continue to be in that cycle of trauma. Triggers, things that you don't know how to handle or cope with. So from there, things just seem to unravel and spiral more out of control. He was arrested for domestic violence. He could not perform on the rest of the shows. And he made videos about getting to the money. I want to get to that later. But I think the biggest thing that I saw was very heartbreaking to see these black men kind of just going through things that they don't even know how to navigate through. And instead of getting the proper help, we see that so often. Just maybe you want to just reach out and give them a hug. I do have sympathy for them. And I hope that they can rekindle their relationships with themselves first and also their relationships with each other, like as real group members, because you can definitely tell there was some extrinsic motivation there. And that that's why I said I want to get to that later, because I don't think that everybody thought about everybody's feelings or they even they might have just had a sat down conversation and they're like, OK, we're good. But when it's been years of trauma and like you were brought up in the industry and this is what you had to do and you never hear everybody just kind of walked away from it. I think that looking at the bag, trying to secure the bag was the main motive of the tour. It was not 
to really get back into the industry. And they're not the only ones or by themselves because we all have done it. We all trying to secure the bag. If there's an opportunity to make money, we're going to do it. But there has to be understanding that all money ain't good money. You know, all exposure ain't good exposure. All attention ain't good attention. It's the same thing. Especially when you healing from past hurts and things. You can't just sweep it up under the rug. So extrinsic motivation is when you refer to a behavior that is driven by external rewards such as money, fame, and praise. When you are extrinsically motivated by other things outside and you're trying to accomplish a goal, it does not last long. And you know, that's a lot of what our generation does it's called microwave success people don't care about how you get there they just want to hype you up you know and then sometimes they act like they help once you get there but that's a whole nother subject they're just fascinated with the results it's just like losing weight you know nobody cares about your process baby they just want to see you at the end goal then they're gonna ask you a trillion times what did you do honey i worked out and i ate right it took me a year but they don't care about that you know people just want to see you you start and you finish. All the hard work, all the tears you cried, irrelevant. <laughs> it's so unfortunate, especially because now we have so much access to technology. Things can be done so quickly, quick fix, quick fix, but it does not last long. And it's a cycle that really needs to be broken because extrinsic motivators, money, will not buy you true happiness, will not heal your heart. Moving to a different city is not going to take away your problems. A man or a woman is not the plan. There are just so many things that people try to use to kind of patch that part up in their life, but you really have to deal with it head on. If not, it's going to keep coming up and it's going to haunt you and it's going to be in the way. Unfortunately, Rasby is allowing his past situations to dictate his future. And I really, really hope that this group can mend their differences and just kind of work through some of the things that they experience as a group so that they don't let that haunt them for the rest of their lives. And then once you fix it, get to the bag, get on the show, write a book, baby. We'll go to another concert, you know, but get yourself together first. And you know who did a really, really good job? This isn't on my list of things to talk about, but um, Big Sean, he took a year off because he said things were just not lining up with his energy he got himself together that's what you need to do sometimes you got to take a step back and say this is not right let me get my mind right because you can't be a whole person trying to give to other people when you broken it doesn't work but that's all subject moving along about a month ago Dwayne Wade's son and Gabrielle's stepson went to Pride and they posted a picture of him at this Pride festival on their Instagram. I don't know if they were on a story or made a post, but they were supporting their son at Pride. The internet was upset because they felt like they exposed their son, that they shouldn't have done that because he's a child. People were confused on how does he know he's gay and he's so young? Because he does. He doesn't owe anyone an explanation. And I think that's what made me so upset because this is a child and for people to try to drag their beliefs or their values on other people is irritating. You know, I believe in Christ. And when God calls me home, he's going to ask me about my sins. Not what nobody else got going on. And I know I'm not right. I cuss. I drink. (laughs) 
etc etc i mean you know i know i got things i got to work on i commend gabrielle and Dwayne for supporting their son i would really like to know what is the solution that the people that were against it would like to see should they hide their son should they encourage him not to be gay so he can grow up and be on a dl or let alone grow up and not love himself for the person that he is and the you know the suicide rate is skyrocketing people are bullying like crazy now at his age group i just don't understand should they not support them what is the solution that they are offering that they do should they beat the hell out of him because he's gay? I just don't understand it. I just feel like no matter what, you should support your children. Whether you agree with their decision or not, they will always remember that. I know people right now hurt because of how their parents did them. Toxic parenting because they didn't. It isn't necessarily about being gay or not, but they didn't support their dream. They didn't want them to go to college. They harbor on to that forever the world can give you hate but you won't get that from me i just encourage people to really think about how they are affecting their children y'all see a generation after us all my single women out there y'all look at the men out here look at the dating pool seriously it's a lot of hurt brothers out here where do you think that started from okay i'm gonna just leave it at that on a lighter note, Lil Nas, the maker of Old Town Road, is taking over everything. He got a collaboration with Wrangler. He's on the country billboards. The kids love the song. I just really am inspired by his story. He pretty much made a song in his bedroom, sleeping on his sister's couch. That's inspiration. That lets you know that it can be done. He said he bought the beat for $30 off of YouTube. Now it's a million dollar, maybe a billion dollar song. That's what's up. We are all rooting for you. And I hope it's another song. He doesn't want to commit to a genre. I hope he keeps coming up and shaking up the industry. So about a week ago, there was a horrific shooting in my hometown. 12 individuals lost their lives and several people were severely injured. And it's so unfortunate because this was like a mass shooting. And my condolences go out to all the individuals and their families that were involved or affected by this shooting. Now, I think that this is something that happens more often than not, actually. And that's what I want to talk about today. This individual was educated. He had a good job. He was in good standing with the company. And he just literally snapped Recently, or over the last year, other situations like this, not so severe as taking people's lives, but a bus driver fought one of the students on the bus. A teacher just lost it and started beating up one of his students in the class because he didn't follow his directives. People are literally losing it, more than likely just because they are overwhelmed in their jobs or just overworked. You just never know. The story in Virginia Beach is still uh, being worked on. They're still putting the pieces together, so I really can't speak on why I don't think there was a note found. But the other situations, while there is no excuse, I feel like people just be in toxic situations and don't know how to get themselves out, and you just literally have that break. I have been there. Now, I didn't hit nobody. <laughs> I didn't hit nobody's kids. I wasn't fighting my coworkers or my boss. But I have felt overwhelmed and I did not perform at my best. 
And I know toxic environments make people sick, they make projects fail, and they make the best employees tell you to kiss their ass and you're going to leave. I would like to think that you don't necessarily leave the job because I think we like what we do. It's the culture that we don't like. You know, being treated unfairly, having dysfunctional communication with a coworker or your boss, feeling overworked, any type of harassment. And I have been harassed by my boss. And I think micromanagement is a form of harassment and lack of empathy. That's a real thing when people expect you to do way more than what you're expected or you're required to do out of your job. And you know how on the job description at the bottom, it says, you know, you might have other job requirements that might not be listed. Yes, but I am not going to do my job, your job, or anybody else's job around here just because you asked me. That is a lack of empathy. It causes for a toxic work culture and people sometimes don't say anything or don't escalate to HR, don't have that communication with who the right channels of people. And then you just snap or you just quit. And there's like no plan in place. Don't quit and not have a plan in place. Have a plan. <laughs> like quitting might not be an option. You know, we got rent, bills, car payment, whatever. Sometimes you might just need to call your best friend on the phone and kiki and tell her how much you hate your boss or how much you hate your job and return to work tomorrow with a renewed spirit. Sometimes quitting is just not an option. But when you do, there is some emotional baggage that comes along with that. I recently left my job because it was a toxic situation. There was no growth in the company. I kept getting sick. Like I was sick from October, November, December. I mean, just constantly sick. And I'm like, what is it going on? I don't know if it was the building per se or just my stress level. So they moved me from one building to the next where I had other severe clients and they said they needed somebody strong. That is their exact word. So they knew my skill set and what I was offering, but they weren't willing to increase my pay or give me more time off. There was no compensation for doing more work and I didn't appreciate that. So I made a plan. I made it work. I figured out how can I leave here because clearly they're just going to keep using me until I say enough is enough. When I put my two weeks notice in, that's when they want to say, you know, we'll move you to another unit where you only have four kiddos. No, it's too late. Not to mention that I was being harassed by a coworker who was texting me inappropriately and I went through the proper channels to communicate with my superior and they did nothing about it. It went to the higher command and she just thought I was going to forget about it. And I didn't. So I didn't appreciate how I was being treated. But when I left, I realized that there was more emotional baggage attached to leaving than actually being there. The stress level went down, but I think it wore a lot on like my self-confidence and just post shitstorm. <laughs> to be honest. And I mean, think about it, like any toxic relationship is going to take a toll on your health and your self-esteem, you know, not necessarily that I wasn't doing my job. Of course, I was I was doing well, but I realized that quitting was just the first step into new opportunities. And I needed to take some time to show up for the next opportunity. So I would suggest 
setting some time just for you, whether it's a weekend or you could take a week. I know everybody can't take time before starting a next job, but just taking some time for like self-nurturing, like really dedicated on focusing on you, really doing some inner healing. I don't care if it's journaling, meditation, taking a walk, a break from social media, TV, Netflix, and chill. It's just so many different things to get your mental health back where it needs to be and to protect your peace. And it does not have to be all kumbaya, release your anger to your frustrations, anxiety, let all that shit go. Y'all want to know what I did? I would dance in my room by myself when I say twerk. Okay, Megan Thee Stallion just dropped the album. I be rapping, don't know the words. Okay, bubble rap. It's been so good. But one of the biggest things that has helped and I think that will help anybody is to know that you're not by yourself. Like find a community, get a really good friend, a parent, I don't know, somebody that you can really talk to. And don't isolate yourself. Include a network of people for support because you're not alone. Like establishing a team is very essential because you just left a hostile environment and that probably made you feel isolated. So you need to be loved on. You need to be uplifted and avoid thinking about people at your old job. Don't let those people have control over you and all their negative beliefs about you. Baby, y'all still working at that toxic job, okay? All that talking behind your back is exactly where it needs to be, behind your back. You not going that way. This part of the healing can be very uncomfortable, but it's so crucial with moving on and helping rebuilding that self-esteem and making you feel capable and feel of joy because you're worthy. You are enough. And you are more than that job. So we're going to take a break before we continue with the show. The break is brought to you by Crowned Affirmations. It is a safe place to uplift, encourage, and motivate through everyday adulting. It was created to inspire kings and queens to keep their crowns aligned even when life has gotten hard. Crowned Affirmations remind you that wherever you are or whatever you may be dealing with in that exact moment, it is okay. Go stream on SoundCloud now and get your life. Okay, y'all, we're back and I'm excited because this is my favorite part of the show, Ratchets and Ratchet. So I love this segment of the show because it just meets me where I am. I'm a little Tasha Cobbs and Cardi B mixed together. It's what I call balance. I like a little trap music and gospel at the same time. And I can literally go from one song to the next, not just on Sunday. I mean, in the morning, I might be in a Meg Thee Stallion. And by the middle of the day, I might be at Leandra Johnson. Follow me, follow me. So I was on Twitter and I saw this tweet and it said, ladies, stop throwing women empowerment events when you are a mean girl in real life. Somebody retweeted and said, and charging people $80 for a non-buffet brunch where you make vision boards and bring your own magazines and listen to the said mean girl speak. Now, this spoke to me because I have attended quite a bit of workshops where I have went and said, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I have even had encounters with people who host those events. And I'm like, I thought this was going to be something else. And I've 
toggle with this because I think at one point you have a business that you're trying to portray and you have to be the business woman, man for your brand. But then when you have a business of service where you are touching other people, people expect you to be that person at all times. However, you still have to treat people how you want to be treated. Dignity, respect, integrity, all of that honesty goes a long way. So so if what you are putting out doesn't match who you really are, it is problematic, like completely different. I've experienced that. That is where I classify you as a mean girl. And it made me think like you have to be so cautious about who you are saying yes to and who you are allowing access to you. You know, many people offer online classes, retreats, events, podcasts, masterclasses. Y'all know y'all see it. It's all over the place. And then once you buy into whatever they're selling, now the energy is all up in your life. Yikes. It's just that simple. It's so unfortunate, but I think that when you have discernment or you pray about, you know, God covering me, God remove all anything that's not supposed to be in my life, take it out. That's when you really can say, you know, I have discernment to not follow. I have discernment to not attend those events because I know one, I don't want to invest my money into you. And two, I don't want to be around your energy. I think that speaks volumes, but it's trial and error, you know, just like dating everybody who you date. I know sometimes you're like, Ugh, why didn't I see those red flags before? It's the same thing. Just continue to pray and keep working on yourself and you will be able to see those people that are going to be exposed to you. You're going to catch the vibe for sure. You know, working on yourself and some inner peace is sometimes all the empowerment you really need. Okay, guys, we have come to the end of this show. Remember to keep your crowns aligned, and I will see you on the next episode of Crowned.